If you've got your Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me this morning. We're going to preach out of the book of Genesis, chapter 1, primarily. But we are going to look at a short verse that kind of got me leaning toward what we're going to look at this morning. It comes out of Romans, chapter 3. It's a very, very familiar verse. Everyone's heard it. If you've ever had a gospel track, this will be in it. And it talks about sin and the glory of God. Can't find my little thing. Oh, here it is. Got too many gadgets nowadays. But anyway, there we go. How many of you have ever heard this verse? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does that really entail? What does that mean? That we fall short of the glory of God because every one of us has sinned. If you look at this, it tells us right here in Romans chapter 3. I'm going to read a couple of verses that go with it to have it in context. But it's talking about the righteousness of God and how it's been revealed. And that through the law, we see the standard, the, the moral standard of God's law. And through the prophets, we're brought into understanding knowledge of who that is. And, but even the righteousness of God can only come through faith in Jesus, he tells us. And if you look with me in verse 21, we're going to read it, and then we're going to dig into it. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. What did the redemption do? What is redemption? What does it do? It redeemed us from where we had fallen. Now, where had we fallen? I don't know about y'all, but we were created to be much better than what we see as humans. We were created to have much more potential and to experience much more of what God created us for than what most of us have settled for. As a matter of fact, when we look at the back in the start where we're going to begin and go back to in the book of Genesis chapter 1, we see and we learn real quick that sin has robbed us of the glory of God. The glory we were created with has been taken away by sin. And if anybody's saved, you know that when you are right and close to God and you're living in the righteousness of God that's provided through Jesus and the redemption is carrying it out, its purpose in your life and you're experiencing reconciliation with God and your relationship is where it's supposed to be and you're in fellowship with God through the blood of Jesus and you're walking with God, your life all of a sudden begins to experience so much more from God than you do when you kind of just go and do your own thing. <laughs> And friends, I want you to understand something. Sin has robbed mankind of his place where God created us to be able to share and partake of his glory. Sin's devastation, one of the most devastating effects of sins, it causes us to lose our ability to bring glory to our creator. I don't know about you, but there's nothing in our life that can bring more joy, more satisfaction, and more fulfillment than when we're so in tune with God in our relationship, and we're so close to God in our fellowship that God's glory begins to be shown in and through our life. That God begins to use us, and He begins to show us how wonderful and how useful we can be to Him. Friends, listen, we didn't create God. God created us. 
And He created us for a purpose. He didn't just create us to breathe, suffer through, and then go to heaven one day. He created us to bring glory to His name. In fact, He created everything. The Bible says that God created everything to reveal His glory. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmaments show His handiwork. I don't know about y'all, but I see some of y'all where y'all go on these cool vacations. Trey, man, was sending all these awesome pictures out in west somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. I don't know about you, but how many of you have seen, been somewhere, and you've just been overcome by the creation with the glory of God? I was one day in my boat, and I was fishing at Caddo, and I remember this. And if you stay too late at Caddo and you don't know it good, you want to get out of there before dark. That place is kind of, And I was cutting out, and I come out of the mouth of the river, and I was going across the open, and, man, that western sun was setting across that lake. And it was so pretty, I forgot about it getting dark. I just turned my motor off, and I sat there, and I looked at that sunset, and I just said, glory to God. Amen? But you know what? As beautiful as that sunset can be, as beautiful as a mountaintop picture can be, God gave us more ability to give Him glory than that. Because nothing in all of creation has been given the privilege and the honored position as much as mankind. You see, He created us. Man is the crowning glory of God's creation. As a matter of fact, the Bible starts out, the first thing it says, that in the beginning, God created. And why did He create? You ever thought about it? Why would God create all this? He created all this as a display of His glory. And friends, out of everything He created, He begins to create day one, day two, day three. At the end of each day, He would say, and it was good. But He waited to the sixth day. The last thing He created after everything else was man. We are the crowning of His creation, the crowning of His glory. And guys, listen. When he got through creating man and everything else, the last day on the sixth day before the day of rest, God said, and everything was very good. Everything was exactly the way God wanted it to be so that it could bring glory to him and it could display his glory and majesty. And friends, I want you to look at what it says. Mankind is the only thing, one of the greatest privileges, one of the greatest things about us is that the Bible is clear that we were created in his image. I want you to look what it says in verse 27. He created all the animals. He created all of the things that swim and fly and creep. And then at the end of all of that, He created us. And He didn't create any of them in His image. He created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created Him male and female. And friends, listen. He gave us the high spot. Mankind was created with more potential to glorify God than anything else in all of creation. And I want to show you why here in a minute, why we have such an advantage. Now, everything that he created has potential and does bring glory to his name. But because we were created in such a unique and unusual way, we are created even different than the angels. We're created in the only one in the whole order of creation that was created in the likeness of God. Look at what he says right here. Man's exalted position is this. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over what? The fish, the birds, the cattle, over all the earth. God gave us that high, exalted place. We, because we were created in His image, we were given things 
And the main thing we was given that they didn't get is everything, yeah, an animal has a certain amount of free will. But all free will is limited, even ours. But ours has more limits and less limits than anything we can choose. And God gave us that ability. And when he created them in that perfect place that he put them to live in perfect fellowship with him, so where every day his glory could be displayed and they could share that Adam and Eve lived in a perfect place. But he told them one thing that he never told any of the other animals. He says, y'all are in this privileged place. You're in this position exalted above all of all creation. And you live in the Garden of Eden in the place called paradise. And in there, there was everything that was created for good food that was good. And all they had to do is just live in the presence of God. When you study about it, when you look after what happened in the fall, it says that God come walking by in the cool of the day. And they got to just hang out with God. God would come by and they knew God in such an intimate way that when they heard God walking through, they recognized His footsteps. When God spoke, they recognized His voice. You see, God created us with more potential to have a relationship with Him and a deeper, intimate, more personal relationship than any other thing on the earth. Only us has been given the intellectual ability, the emotional capacity, and the spiritual blessings to be able to have a personal relationship with Jesus, our Creator. And I want you to think about this with me. I want you to think about this. The image of God is revealed to us in three parts. In three parts. The Trinity of God. How many of you ever heard of that? Well, I want to back this up right quick because I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Look what it says right here. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Who is God talking to? Some people say, well, maybe he was talking to the angels. But no, you can take other scriptures and show that's impossible. That is, to me, one of the strongest and one of the very first revelations that reveals what we know as the Trinity. And God has revealed himself. The image of God has been shown to us through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all equally God, and all of them together equally represent and reveal to us the Godhead. Now, if we're created in his image, in his likeness, I personally believe that man is a Trinity too. And when I study my Bible, I see three things that it teaches that man is made up with. We're flesh, this old carnal body, this flesh body that I live in. We're soul and we're spirit. Guys, in the beginning, God created us perfect. To be able to have perfect relationship with Him and fellowship. To bring Him glory. And He created us to where we had a body that He formed. I want you to think about this. All the other bodies in creation, if you take time to read this later. That God just spoke it in existence. The animals, the fish, the birds. But mankind, God personally took the dust that he created. He took the dust. He formed it in the atom with his own personal hands. He did it in care. And then after he formed it, he looked at it. Then God stooped down and God breathed breath of life into his nostrils. He didn't do that to anything else but us. And guys, that created us special. And at that moment, that fleshly body became life and that soul began to 
have life. And friends, the soul is the part of us that lives forever. It's the part where your emotions and your attitude is really, it's where your personality comes from. That's the you that lives within you that only you and God know about. That's the part that goes to bed with you, that wakes up with you, that never leaves you alone, that will live forever. And God created it. And then he created us with the spirit. And friends, listen, there's places in the Bible where it says that the word of God is able to cut, it's able to divide, even between soul and spirit. Paul said, I pray that you will be sanctified completely in body, soul, and spirit in the book of Thessalonians. And friends, what happened in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned? I want you to look at this verse with me because I want you to see it to make sure the preacher ain't making this stuff up. And I want you to look at what it says. When God created, and look at what it says in verse 15 of chapter 2. Then the Lord God took the man, he put him in the garden of Eden, and he said, tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of the tree of the garden, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. I want you to notice that's important. He said, the day you eat of it, you will die. Now I want you to think about it. Adam and Eve was given this exalted position. And here they are, the tempter shows up, the devil. Now what does the devil want to do? The devil hates the glory of God. The devil wants to keep anything and everything out of our life that can bring glory to God. That can help us to be the people God created us to be. So when they sinned, she told Satan, the serpent, that God said, don't touch it or eat it, that we will die. Well, we know what they did. They ate it. But friends, they walked out of there. Now, when they walked out of there, we know that God cursed the serpent and he cursed Adam and Eve. And part of the curse for the serpent that he would crawl on his belly for the days of his life here. Part of the curse for Adam and Eve was that from the dust you came and from the dust you will return. And we all now have a physical body that is dying. Have you figured yours out is getting older? Mine don't work good as it used to, and um, it don't look good as I thought it used to, because this thing is in the process of dying. It's cursed. But there's a worse curse than physical death. You see, the soul is in here with the capacity to know God, to understand that there is a God. And it's been given the spiritual capacity. It's been given the emotional ability and it has the intellectual awareness to have and think and reason and understand that there's a God, a creator. Something had to make all of this. And he's my creator. And then there's the spirit that God gave us. And the spirit is the part that helps us to relate to God, to connect to God. Friends, let me tell you what happened. When they walked out of there, their body was in the process of dying and their spirit was already dead. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, those of us that had been saved, Verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2 says, And he made us alive who were dead in our sin. Every human is spiritually dead in sin. We are all like the others, children of wrath. We live for the lust of our flesh, totally separated from God now, totally not able to be what we were created to be. 
vessels that bring glory and honor to our God. But oh, praise God for the redemption for Jesus and the cross, because that brings us back to the place where we can be reconciled. When, when we get reconciled, we can get restored and we can have a relationship again with God. And when we have a relationship with God and we're right fellowship with God, the end result is your life will produce glory for him. But when you're separated in your sin, no matter how much you know you're supposed to, you can't. But God is an amazing God. I want to show you this. God created man perfect in his likeness. In his own image, he created us. But when sin entered in, it corrupted that. And it messed that up. I want you to think about this with me. Why did God do that? Why did God create us in his image? I just kind of shared a little bit of it. I want you to look at this. I want you to read it with me. He created us that way to have a being capable of fellowship with him. Now, God, I'm sure, loves the dogs. How many of you love a dog? Now, a dog may be man's best friend, but I'm here to tell you that man is God's best friend. He created us with the capacity to have a relationship. And some of you may be dog lovers, some of you may be cat people, I don't know. But pet people, they have a love for that animal. They're connected. And it's cool how God made a dog able to connect with us. But friends, He made us different than anything else. He personally made us where we can connect with Him above anybody else. He gave us the ability to have fellowship, a being which has intellectual, emotional, and spiritual ability to have an intimate personal relationship that's how he created adam and eve to be and then they sin broke in now i want you to think about this before they sinned adam and eve had a perfect relationship with god that experienced his glorious fellowship every day of their life just think about it you'd be hanging out in the garden tending the garden now how hard could it be jonathan to tend the garden when everything grew perfect food with no calories eat all you want apparently and your body was the perfect body God created it to be. It didn't get sick. And, and you were created to do what God told you to do, just kind of tend the garden. And then God come walking through in the cool of the day. How you doing, Adam? Oh, we doing good. We just hanging out in paradise. Oh, we, we heard your voice, God. Here comes God, Eve. And they experienced perfect. But now what happens now? Because of sin, we have shame. We have guilt. We have uncertainties. We have fear. <laughs> Some of us, the last thing you'd want to do is stand before God this morning. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. We lost that perfect relationship, but Jesus has given it back to us through the cross. And I want you to think about this with me. Sin corrupts every area of your life that it touches. Every area in our life is susceptible to sin's destruction. Let me just give you some examples. Because of sin, Adam and Eve fell short of the perfection and glory that God had intended for them to have. But not only them, the Israelites is another people, God's covenant people. God chose a man named Abraham. And through God's sovereignty, he worked it out to where Abraham had an heir named Isaac. And Isaac had an heir named Jacob who became Israel. And Israel had 12 sons. And from 12 sons, God created 12 tribes and created a nation named Israel. And they was His chosen people, the people of God, covenant people with promises of unbelievable glory that they could share with God. And He gave them unbelievable things. He gave them the law. He delivered them from Pharaoh in a magical, unbelievable, supernatural way to show them His power and His ability to 
to save them. And then he began to bring them into the promised land where he was going to be their God. And through that, he gave them unbelievable promises. But I want you to think about this. Israel relinquished the glory they could have experienced as God's holy nation by rebellion, by not listening and staying in right fellowship with God. They broke their covenant relationship. And though God has never given up on him, they gave up on God. But I want you to think about this. You ever thought about Judas? Judas had the awesome privilege to be chosen to be one of the Lord Jesus' 12 apostles. And I don't know if you've studied, but those apostles are going to be recognized throughout eternity. As a matter of fact, when we get to our heavenly city, their names are going to be upon the gates of the holy city, the 12 apostles. I wonder who that 12th one's going to be sometimes. I'm weird. I don't think it's going to be Judas. I don't believe it's going to be Matthias. I believe it's going to be Paul, but I can't wait to get there and find out. How about you? But let me get back away from this rabbit and get back to what I'm talking about. He had that awesome privilege, but you know what? Sin took that privileged position away from Judas, and he lost it. But guys, it doesn't just happen to people in the Bible. It happens to me and you. How many marriages start out with all kind of promise, with all kind of potential in the beginning to be wrecked by the havoc of sin? How many of us have a firstborn child and we're given the privilege to be a parent and we look at that with all the love you can muster and we have such plans and we would do anything for that child but because of the weakness of our sin and because of the corruption of that old sinful nature, we fail that child and sometimes the child fails us and what should have brought unbelievable glory and joy into your life can sometimes bring the opposite because that's what sin does. You see, sin will make a parent fall short. It will make a church member fall short. Church, it's sad, but I've been three churches, 23 years coming up. And friends, when people first join the church, it's like when you first get married. Oh, she's my, she's the beautifulest thing. He's my Prince Charming. Oh, we're going to live forever because we love one another. We're in a right relationship. That relationship gets messed up. Same thing's what happens to church. You join church, it's the best church ever. He's the best preacher ever. They got the best ministries ever. But then one day the church don't provide something you wanted or it don't do something you wanted to do. You get something happens and feelings get twisted up. Emotions get torn. Then all of a sudden, you're looking for another church. Friends, sin does that. Sin does that to every relationship if you let it. But I want you to think about it. Out of all those relationships I mentioned, none of them are hindered. None of them are devastated and destroyed more than a relationship with a holy God by our sin. But the amazing thing about the gospel is that God is able to save us. The wonder of God's salvation is that he has completely dealt with sin. God did what we couldn't do. You see, we think of sin as God's redemption through his grace by Jesus' death on the cross saved us from the condemnation and the penalty of sin. And now we get to go to heaven and we don't have to go to hell. Certainly that's a wonderful thing and we ought to celebrate it every day of our life if we're saved. But guys, it did so much more than that. It didn't just deliver us from the penalty of our sin. It didn't just take away the condemnation and our just condemnation, I might add. It didn't just get us out of hell and get us into heaven. It brought us back to what we were created for in the first place. You got born again. You got put spirit life in you. Now the Holy Ghost lives in you. 
You've been given potential now to have a good relationship, a right relationship with God, and you can have fellowship with Him again. Do you remember what it was like to go to church and hear the preacher when you was undone? But boy, when you got set free and you got delivered, you want to hear preaching. Preach it hard. Preach it right. Hear the word. Friends, listen. When you're in a right relationship with God, God does with us what we cannot do. He doesn't only just forgive us. He delivers us. He changes us. He takes that which is broken and all messed up and He restores it. How does He do it? First, He reconciles you. He brings you back into a right relationship with Him because everything we have comes from Him. And as you're in a right relationship with Him, you're restored and you can grow now and you can walk with Him. He begins to what? Restore you. How many of you is in the restoration process? Boy, I ain't where I'm supposed to be, but I sure ain't where I used to be. Can you say amen to that? God's got a hold of me. God ain't leaving me alone. God's working on me. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but I thank God because I was an old piece of junk one day that he's seen in the junk pile. But God said, I think I'm going to restore this one. I think I can fix him. And God took us out of there. You see, friends, look at this. God's salvation restores us and gives us back the potential to share in his glory. Man, I wish y'all could stand up here one day when the anointing of God falls on you and you've just been an old piece of clay studying all week. Lord, give me a word. Lord, help me give me understanding. Lord, show me what this verse says. Then all of a sudden, God just begins to help you have understanding. He begins to put a message in your heart. He begins to birth something in you that ain't coming from you. And you stand up here and all of a sudden things are coming out of your mouth and you don't even know how you're doing it. It's just flowing like honey and you can't even figure out how something like me could be standing here, much less coming out. Friends, that's what God does. He anoints people. But He don't just anoint preachers. He anoints anybody who wants to give Him glory. Anybody who wants to be used by Him. Who loves Him enough to have a relationship and live in fellowship with Him. I'll tell you what He's going to do. He's going to fill you with the Spirit. He's going to make Himself known in your life. He's going to use you to show others what He can do. He can take any human being. I don't care how bad off you are. How far you've gone. You can never go too far from Jesus. He'll get you. He'll take you. He'll lift you up out of that miry clay. Put you up on the rock. Get a hold of you, boy, and go to folding and molding on you and make you into somebody who looks like Him. Who resembles His glory. And when people see it, they say, ain't no way Marvin can do that. There ain't no way that bunch down at Bethany can do that. That's got to be God. It's to the glory of God that somebody can do what they're doing. They couldn't even think of it, much less make it happen, unless God was with them. And that's why the more messed up you are, the more potential you have for grace to make a difference. Because the more messed up, the more they say, bud, that had to be grace. Ain't no way he can do that. I don't know about y'all, but God amazes me with who he picks. I wouldn't have picked me, and I'm glad he did, amen? But I'm going to tell you what, my mama didn't believe I was called to preach. I was just praying you get saved, son, are you sure? <laughs> Diane was one of the only ones. I preached my first sermon, boy, it went good. Everybody, whoo, about two sermons, three sermons later, I got to preach my first time on Sunday morning. And I must have been getting a little prideful. I said, boy, this preaching's good, it's fun. Man, this is it. I got up there without God. And boy, about halfway through, my head felt like it was just shrinking. I felt like an empty skull. And it was the longest 20 minutes of my life. When I got out of there, we got in the car, I told her I ain't never preaching again. 
She said, it wasn't as bad as you think it was. I said, could you not tell? She said, I was praying for you, honey. I knew you was in trouble. I'm going to tell you what. God showed me real quick. You can't preach. You can't do ministry. You can't do nothing without me. But he's also shown me, but with me, you can do all things because I strengthen you. Jesus said, apart from me, you can't do anything. But with me, friends, we can bear fruit that bring glory to God. You know the difference between fruit and works? Lost people can come to church and work. Lost people can give a tithe. Lost people can come to church. Lost people can sit and say, amen, preacher. I want to tell you something. Only God can produce fruit in a man's life. Fruit is the character of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, self All those things are supernatural. And when you're rightly related to God, like a vine to the branch, like a branch to the vine, and you're connected into Jesus, guess what comes out of your life? Glory. Things that bring God honor. And that's what he's given us back. Think about this. God's desire is to reconcile sinners to himself through Christ. Why does God want to reconcile sinners through Christ? Because as long as people remain unreconciled, out of relationship, out of fellowship with God, they can never, ever have happened what I'm talking about. It doesn't happen because you go to church. It doesn't happen because you pray. It doesn't even happen because you read the Bible. It happens because you have a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Father looks down upon you, and He works out His perfect plan, His perfect will. The triune God working in every area of your life. He takes this old fleshly body, and one day, by His greatness and His mercy, He's going to give us a new glorious body. But there's old souls in the middle of that. And then He fills us again with His Spirit, and the Spirit now We can walk in the Spirit. We can walk in the flesh. As we walk in the Spirit, the Spirit grows. But one day, my friends, we're going to stand before Him filled with the Spirit. No sin, no thing but give God glory. Can you imagine it? Man, right now, there's times in our life when we walk with God and we're in right fellowship and our relationship bears glory from us. But we're always hindered by the weakness of the flesh. We're always struggling, our spirit battling against the flesh, the old man. But guys, listen, one day we're going to stand in heaven completely redeemed, fully glorified. Everything about us will be nothing but to bring glory and honor to Him. It's kind of like this. When you got saved, you got justified. You got justified. The Bible says that by total grace, by everything God did on the cross, He justified us. And when He justified us, it was all of God. All you can do is believe it and receive it. You can't do anything to get it. It's totally of grace by faith and he justified that means he declared us not guilty and he reconciled us he brought us back into a right relationship with him now i'm in a relationship with god i'm in the process i'm sanctified but i'm also getting sanctified can i get an amen i'm becoming more like god every day i'm getting further from the world closer to god i'm becoming less like the old marvin and more like the new marvin I'm looking less like I used to look and more like Jesus every day that I walk with him, every day that I stay in fellowship with him, every day that God's got a hold of me because I'm hanging on to him and we together are working out. I'm being sanctified. And friends, one day we're going to be glorified. You know what's going to happen after that? The old devil's going to be horrified. Amen. (laughs) But I know what's going to happen. We're going to be standing in heaven in the presence of God, our creator, our redeemer, God, and we're going to see glory like we've never imagined because that's what God's about. Friends, if you look with me in 2 Corinthians, we'll wrap this thing up and close it out. Why do you want to let God's glory show in you today? 
Because when we live in right fellowship, because we've been reconciled, God changes us. And guys, let me tell you what wins people to Jesus. Not beating them over the head with the Bible. Not telling them you ought to go to church. A life that they look at that they can't explain. That when they see, all they can say is, I don't like what he says. I don't like where he stands. But one thing about it, he's different. Why is he different? Because he's got God in his life. See, the Bible says when you get saved, something happens to you. Look with me in chapter 5, verse 17 of 2 Corinthians. Paul said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that means in a right relationship, reconciled, in fellowship with God. If any man be that way in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creature. He ain't the same. Amen? He's different. What's different? Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You know, the first thing happens when a person gets right with God. When a person truly gets right with God, all things are about him. Look at what it says right there. Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become Now all things are of God. Why is all things of God? Because he's been reconciled to himself through Christ. We've been reconciled to Jesus. Now I want you to look at this with me. Only God can remove the distance between his glory and our sin. Do you know how far your sin is from His glory? Further than you could ever imagine. But Jesus brings it all together. How does He do it? Through reconciling us. And when He reconciles us, He begins to restore us. He begins to renew us. And friends, I want you to see what He wants to do with us. The greatest thing that we can do for God is because we've been reconciled. God's restored us and now we're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And now everything's about God. And now God wants to use us for his greatest endeavor on earth. You know the greatest thing about God's work right now on earth? Is reaching people. Reclaiming them. Redeeming them. Bringing them back into the kingdom and into a relationship with him. Look at what it says. Man, this is unbelievable. This excites you when you get connected up with it in right fellowship with God. Now all things are of God, verse 18, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus. Man, you get reconciled to God Himself through Jesus, man. It's unbelievable. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what I've come to find? When I got truly reconciled and God began to build a new relationship within me, I started wanting everybody else to have it. I said, man, this is better than church. Church was boring. Church is boring without Jesus. (laughs) If Jesus ever leaves, I'm going with him. I'm telling y'all now. Because <laughs> it ain't worth coming here. You just soon go fishing. Amen? Or whatever you like to do. But with Jesus, there ain't nothing better. And friends, there's no better adventure. There's no better way to spend your life than to work with God to reconcile lost men to him. Look at what he says for us to do. He says, that is, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing, not counting or reckoning their sins, their trespasses to them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. That's what I'm preaching today. And look what he says. Now then, we, all of us, are ambassadors for Christ. If we're going to represent him, we need to look like him. We need to have him in our life. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. How did he do it? Verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that he might become, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Friends, when we become the righteousness of God in Christ, 
We're brought into a right relationship with God and we have fellowship with God. And as God is in our life and He's active again because our sins are removed, He's put the Spirit back in us and now He's able to restore us. It's kind of like this. We're going to have a hot, a hot ride, a car show at the end of September. We was having an October 3rd. We might move it a week because of a conflict, but we're going to be having a car show. How many of you have ever been to a car show? Man, it's, it's cool. Man, them cars are unbelievable fine. But you ever been to one of them hot riders? They got a, you go down there to the hot rod shop. They got a whole yard full of junk cars. I wouldn't give you a nickel for 10 of them. I look at them and they all dented up and rusted. I'm like, God, look at that wreck. Man, I look at it. I look at what it used to be. And I look at how terrible it is now. But them hot riders look at it and they say, man. They said, I can make that thing into something beautiful. Miss June, you know what I'm talking about, huh? I can make that thing into what? It don't look no more. And they get the rust and the dents and they make it. And they bring it to a car show and everybody looks at it and goes, oh, look at the glory of that car. Isn't it beautiful? You know what God does? He goes, finds the junkyard of men like me and you. Everybody else looks at me. Look at this fat joker. Look at this crazy fool. Drunkard. Wasted his life. God looked at me and said, oh, he has dented himself up. He's pretty rusty. (laughs) He's got a couple parts missing even, but I believe I can fix him. And God pulls us out of the junk pile of life, brings us into his shop, and goes to work on our life. And by grace, he takes that which was wasted, that which was no more good, and he puts us in car shows, and he puts all the world to look at us. And they say, look at the glory of God. Look what he can do with a life that surrenders to it. Today, all you got to do is surrender. All you got to do is give in. God's here. He'll fix you. You have no excuse except, God, I'm coming if you'll let me. And God says, anyone who comes is welcome. Today, I want to invite you to come to an altar. We're going to sing about it right now as they come forward. This is an altar where any life can be helped, where any life can find relief from the sin's devastation. How many of you is dented up this morning? How many of you got some rust in your life? How many of you need a polishing Need a wax job by God. How many of you is completely devastated and need to get saved? Maybe you need to come up here this morning because God's calling you, my friend. He sent us here to show you. There's some people around here that used to know what I'm talking about. They used to be glad off, but now they're getting saved by God's grace and His life has changed our life. And I'm not ashamed to say that if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here. I'm nothing without Him. But with Christ, oh man, the future's endless. Who knows what God can do with us if we'll just give in to Him. So today I want to ask you to stand with me for the glory of God. If God's telling you to come to this altar, listen to this song. Come and lay it to altar and give it to God. And leave here with hope, with new direction, and a blessed life. Because God will do that for you. Can I get an amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the glory of God that we are allowed to partake of and experience through Jesus and Lord I ask you for that person this morning farthest from you the one who's the devil's beat down that you raise him up oh God that you fill him with new hope that that person who's lost would realize that you are here today to save him to fix him and I pray someone today will give their life to Christ and for the backslidden or the struggling Christian the one who's not where he needs to be his relationship is struggling because he don't have fellowship like he should. I pray today that he just say, Lord, here I am. And he get real. Lord, we need you today. So come, be honored, 
come and bless our lives and glorify yourself in us. And we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to come, come while you can. Jesus is coming.